Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. As mentioned in the daily financial news, I have a special guest on the channel. And if you've watched my channel for any length of time, you hear me refer to this guy as the best investor in Fresno. You've heard me say Jason. You've probably heard me say Jason Pritchard a couple of times. He has been on the channel has created content for you, but I have a whole talk track around why I think Jason Pritchard is the best investor wow. in Central California. So I'm very flattered, my man. Thank you very much, dude. That feels good. I appreciate it. It feels like a long time since we've been on, dude. So uh, it, I was looking forward to this when we set it up. Absolutely. You you, uh, you are. So, so I actually have one, two, three, four, six things that I think make you special, that make you the best. And we're going to talk about each of them and people wow. will start to see how they layer in. Okay. Uh, so the first one, something that I, uh, you know, it's kind of a superpower of mine, but again, you'll see you have five others that, that aren't a strength of mine, is consistency. Uh, for example, uh, you have been doing uh, mailers consistently. Since the beginning, uh, since, since day one. Since the beginning. You uh, have been partnering with people consistently. You Correct. give without expectation consistently. Everything that Jason Pritchard does, you do consistently. So I just want to hit that because lots of people around us, around the country, around the world who want to do real estate investing, they try for a little while. So let's talk about the things you have been doing consistently. Put some, you know, like when you say since the beginning, let's, let's talk about mailers since we'll start there, right? Let's, let's talk about that. Sure. Direct mail has a, a, a special place in my heart because when I tell you that we have been doing that since the beginning, I mean, literally it's from the beginning. And I, I learned about direct mail by listening to like bigger pockets and Sean Terry's podcast. Mm -hmm. And I come from a sales and marketing background. So I understood we have to engage these sellers some way. Mail seemed like it made sense. Uh, yellow letters, like handwritten yellow letters were starting to become popular. And I would literally get a, a legal pad and I would take the addresses that we had and we started with a handful from just kind of driving yeah. around so 10 15 20 whatever and we would just keep building that list and I would handwrite like dear Michael Zuber I probably sent you some because you, you did I, I had a but, yeah. I had a pile yeah, yeah and yeah. by and and by hand I would write these things out and we would start with 10 15 20 30 50 yeah and then eventually it just grew from there I started engaging my kids and in order for my kids to be able to play their video games or do whatever they wanted to do, I would bring them into our dining table and they would help me fold and stuff and do all the envelopes. And then eventually I got to the point where I was printing them on my own. And then I slowly got to the point where it's like, all right, there's too many, like too many mailers to do this in house. So we, we, we found a, uh, a fulfillment uh, house that does them and, and we've been using them ever since. And again, right. So, so since the beginning, what, what year was that? That was late 2015 when I started doing direct mail. And folks, if you don't know Jason's story, do you remember what chapter you are in this book? I can't remember the chapter number off my head. I thought it was like 13 or 14, yeah, but off the yeah, top so, of my head, I don't remember. Yeah, I'll find it later. But again, Jason's Pritchard is, again, I, 
this this book was a year in the making and i knew jason's story would be in here so jason and jennifer let's be clear it's it's That's a, right. it, it's a duo uh husband wife uh, a part of it so listen to his beginning and again think about that everybody sees jason today everybody sees my experts today but so few of you are willing to do what they did back i mean how many of you would get your kids involved to write letters and you know and, and consistently do it and you've been doing it for you know well over 10 years so it's it's pretty crazy yeah no it's been a it's been a wild journey and i think i like this topic to start with because this is the biggest issue that i see especially with newer investors is consistency and the oh, analogy nice. that i always use uber is this it's deal flow is not a faucet where we can just turn the faucet on and it starts to come out it's a well that we have to pump by hand. Exactly. And all of the all of the the deals are happening below the surface. The progress is happening below the surface, right? And mm -hmm. so what most people do is they watch one of your videos, they come to one of my meetups, they get excited about real estate investing and they go to that well and they just start cranking at a pace that is not sustainable, right? Exactly. And they just go and go and go and go and go. And they do that for a little bit of time and then they wonder why the result is not happening and then they stop. And so all the progress that they were making, even though the water was coming up, it just goes right back down, right? Yeah. And then they watch another video or they go to another meetup, they get excited again. They go to a different they well. Just keep going, <laughs> right? And if they would just stand at that well and go at a pace that they can maintain, the result is inevitable. The outcome is inevitable. And I, I just, uh, I, I use that all the time when I'm talking to especially newer investors that are struggling getting over the hump and proof of concept on that deal. And if you just stick with it, it'll happen. No, we can't guarantee the time, but all this stuff works. Direct mail works, cold calling works. Everybody that I know that's doing this business at a high level, we all do the same thing. We all mm -hmm. market to the same list. And uh, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, and I want to talk to the full-time employees kind of following the buy box one rental at a time way. It's what Jason just talked about is rule number one and rule number two, focus and daily discipline. That's, that's, that's what it's that's about. It. That's it. Focus and daily discipline. So simple, again, but not easy. Simple, but not easy is what I always say. That's it, yeah. man. This business is simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, the other thing that you do consistently that again, again, direct mail, it pays off. Jason's getting deal. His deal flow is better than most. He's closing more deals. He's getting deals from stuff he did two, three, four years ago 100%. because he's consistent. That's right. Other thing that Jason does consistent, does this better than anybody I know that includes me, is he gives without expectation. Hmm. He has always given to new people. People stop him. He, Dude, the guy now schedules lunches at the same place and publishes, and he'll sit, he'll sit with anybody to talk about this. It's amazing. I'm scheduled out until September, which is amazing. It's March right now. I mean, yeah. every Friday through the like mid September is booked out. It's, it's pretty incredible, actually, the response that we've gotten. And again, he's helping people. And again, he's, he likes it. He's helping people. But let's be clear. Some of those interactions will lead to deals. Sure. Because people are bringing them. They don't know how to get them done. Jason looks at it. Yep, that's a deal. Let's get this done together. He gives without expectation. Um, just let just me let it. me touch on that really quick because I think sometimes people get this mixed up. And so the intent has to be how do I help this other person? At, the every intent time. is not can you bring me a deal, right? <laughs> like the way that things work is when you provide value to somebody else, it will always come full circle, whether it's a deal, it's another opportunity, it's a relationship with a private lender, it's something that can help out. But I don't do it because of that. No. I do it because 
It's just a universal law. This is how things work. When you provide value, your level of value in the marketplace is directly tied to the amount of value that you give to other people. And so if I just subscribe to the idea that if I can just help as many people as I can, things will work out. And I've always had faith in that. And I'm literally living proof that that works. So I don't need any more proof that that works. So no. then it makes me want to do it more. No. I've, and again, this was give without expectations. Just when you do that and you do it well and you do it consistently, the universe pays you back. It's That's good, right. Good karma, whatever you want to call it. Call it. Yep. And then the final one that I see you do consistently that I admire and need to learn from is you are constantly feeding your mindset, mm -hmm. growth and positivity. And, you know, you're pushing yourself, you know, for sure. But it, it is it is such a part of Jason Pritchard um, that it's it's amazing to watch. And it's something I have never given great care to. And it's something I'm trying to pick up late in life. Uh, and it's it's uncomfortable in the beginning, right? It's just different. It feels weird. Yeah. But you do it every day. And it's it's like second nature to you. So it's, it, it's, it was it's very hard because I was in a bad place in my personal life and just emotionally and everything when I started. Mm -hmm. And I was just craving something different. And so I was coming from a place of almost desperation where it's like, I would be willing to do anything. My back's against the wall, like yeah. whatever, you know? And so I just noticed as I started doing this positive self-talk and focusing on self-improvement and getting my head screwed on straight, I just started to feel better. And it's as yeah. simple as that. I think people are trying to make it more complicated than it actually is. And it was, I just started feeling better when I was doing this, when I wasn't constantly negative and when I wasn't constantly looking at all the downside right and expecting the downside and just slowly but surely I've learned to do that better and um, it's the most impactful thing I spend more time doing stuff like that than I do yeah the real estate because the real estate for me is the fun part I don't have to you know what I mean like yeah. if you show up every day to work you're going to get good at the real estate Right. And so you'll get the reps on the deal analysis. You'll get reps talking on the phone. You'll get reps talk going out on appointments, but it's controlling the first hour of the day. And the last hour of the day for me is crucial because I can start my day and end my day on my terms. And, mm. and those are the things that have really helped kind of reprogram some of these old belief systems that I have about myself and money and just different limiting beliefs that I have. And now I'm planting seeds that propel me closer to my goal instead of being conditioned or programmed by like outside influences. Yeah. So do me a favor. Uh, yep. This, this is for me. Sure. Uh, I hope it will help others as well, but talk, talk more about that controlling your first hour and your last hour. What does that look like for Jason? Yeah, it's really simple. So I like to wake up ideally before everybody in my house gets up. It's just me and Jen at the house now. So that's easy. So I'll get up. I have a my morning routine takes about 45 minutes to an hour. So the first thing I do after I shave and get my coffee is I sit down quietly in my living room or in my office, a quiet space with no direct distractions. Mm -hmm. And I have a visualization exercise that I like to go through. And it's literally visualizing myself in first person, accomplishing the goals that I have set for myself in the future. So I have a lot of clarity on mm -hmm. what I want to do, the amount of money that I want to make, where I want to live, how many properties I want to own, what my business looks like, the type of people and how many people I'm impacting. And I have almost this mental movie that I've constructed where I can just kind of go through it. And it elicits this feeling of mm -hmm. like, just, just gratitude and joy. And just like going back to feeling good, right? It, it gets my day started, right? So I spend about 10 minutes doing that. I write my goals down every day. I have my goals and I have a positive affirmations that I literally write down. I have an iPad that I just every day, and you've seen me post it on yeah, my Instagram yeah. where 
I just write these things down. That takes about 10 to 15 minutes. I read a try to read a chapter or 10, 15 pages out of a book that I go through every single day. And then I go work out and that's it. That's my morning. Right. And so when you and, tap and my workout on there, five maybe days it's like an hour, five days, I try to do it every day. Now on, if I'm, if my best days are when I do that, right. I can actually notice like the negative impact on my days when I don't do it. So I would say I probably do it. Yeah. Like on average five days a week, right. Okay. Like, you know, that type of thing, but it's consistent 90% of the time it's happening. And then the end of the day, I do a similar variation of the same thing. I try not to have like the news on or anything crazy. That's, you know, like that's going to put me in a negative headspace and just, mm -hmm. I try to end my day and calm down because I'm the kind of guy where my mind just races, it's constantly going, right? And so I need to have something that will let me level out. Otherwise, I'll lay in bed and I'll be up for two hours just thinking about work and what's next and business and that type of stuff. And so it's, it's kind of a, a similar thing in the evening and in the morning. That is awesome. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, the next thing um, that I've seen you do, and you've done this with others, you just had a meeting event with Henry Washington, Dean yep. Stratton, all of that is... Um, you squad up. It's a term that I first heard from Pace Morby and his squad up community. I'm sure yeah. it's been elsewhere, but that's where I heard it first. Uh, you guys are all fishing in the same ponds, but you do treat, treat uh, like almost like teammates. Uh, you're not competitors. You're not out cutting each other's throats and you know, all of those things. Uh, it is definitely a different mindset in, in something that, uh, you know, I probably wasn't mature enough to really appreciate how important it is you know, 20 years ago when I got started, because 20 years ago it was me versus the world, right? You yeah. win, I lose. Yeah, that's that's right. just, that's not how the world works. I don't I believe the world works like that either. Exactly. So talk yeah, about I that. think for me, it comes from a belief that everything in life is abundant. Opportunities are abundant. Deals are abundant. Money is abundant, right? Happiness, all these things that you're going after in life. Mm -hmm. And just because I help somebody, right? That doesn't, if I, I'm, I will, there are no secrets with me. Like I will literally at my meetups get in depth about like, here's how we do a probate deal. Here's how we find them. Here's how we go to the courthouse. This is exactly what we do. Not surface level, like go down and get the list and then don't help people actually do it. Right. And I have just found that if I help somebody else, it doesn't take anything away from my business. Our momentum together actually gets us to where we want to go faster, which has been mm -hmm. like, it takes some time, especially like, cause I came from an old school kind of corporate background, sales background where it's just dog eat dog. Mm -hmm. So you have to unlearn a lot of that stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. And then when you subscribe to that thought process and that idea, and then eventually you start seeing it happening, it's much easier to do it. And, and I think it's just, having faith that if what you're doing right now is not working, maybe try something else and maybe model a behavior that somebody that's successful in your market is doing. And I always, 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 I never had a problem doing that. If somebody that was successful Zuber came to me and said, do X, Y, and Z, I did it. I didn't try to put Jason's own little spin on it. I didn't say, well, like, okay, I know this worked for him, but I don't like this piece. So I'm going to replace it with something else. Like I followed the recipe to a T and it just, it just works, man. You know, this yeah. stuff is, this stuff is all out there. The blueprints out there. You just have to be willing to change yourself and maybe look through a different lens at some of these things and realize, you know, you just got to follow a program that's proven to work and that's it. It's so funny. I, I did this, how to get started one rental at a time thing. Again, out, outlining in excruciating detail, 
with how Olivia and I built the portfolio we did starting from nothing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how many people call me and go, I don't like this little widget or this little piece or this little, I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm like, well, it's kind of an important ingredient, but it is. It's so crazy. (laughs) Like if you use the recipe analogy, right? You can't just substitute ingredients or leave (laughs) things out. The the end result is not going to be the same. I mean, it's literally as simple as that. And it goes back, that goes back to mindset. That goes back to, you know, changing some of these limiting beliefs that you have, because the reason people are doing that is because they're self-conscious or they're worried, or they have doubt about their ability to do whatever that with that thing is. Mm -hmm. So instead of being honest about that and saying, maybe I need to improve, they, they go the easy route and say, let me just replace this with something else or get rid of it. And and I'll try to get to the shortcut. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just not going to work that way. Yes, it is. I hear it all the time. It's, it's, it's almost comical, but it's also sad. So. Yeah, it's sad. Yep, it is. Yes, <laughs> it is. So the other thing I've seen you do, especially in the, I'll call it last three years, maybe it's four years, is you are now seeking to get into bigger and bigger rooms, right? You know, you are not interested. You will certainly do your meetups where you're the Absolutely. biggest and baddest and all of yeah. that, but you are now seeking other rooms, paying what I will call significant money mm-hmm. to get in rooms where Jason Pritchard is the small fish. Yep. And, yep. uh, that is, that is not something that uh, a lot of people do. A lot, a lot of people don't like being uncomfortable. They would rather right. get uh, the attaboys about being the big fish and then not grow. You are, you are jumping out of the pool into a new pool with sharks uh, and you know, doing it on purpose. So talk about that. So going back to when I started, one of the things that was most impactful in changing the trajectory of my life and my business was being in close proximity to people that were doing what I wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just boil it down to its simplest thing, right? I wanted to learn how to flip houses. I wanted to learn how to accumulate rental properties. And I just put myself through networking and not necessarily paying for masterminds. Like at that start, you can get around people that are doing that oh, yeah. fairly easily, right? And that's why I do the meetups because I want just the same way that somebody was there for me at the beginning, I want to be there to help people that are starting, right? Oh, for sure. And so that same thought process applies towards anything in life, like this business and life in general, there's just all these levels to it, right? So you get to this level, you break through, you kind of get your head above the clouds and you see like, okay, these are the people that are kind of at this next level that I need to be at. And as you start getting around more successful people, one of the things that I've learned is they value their time differently. Right. And so, you know, you can't, I can't just call a guy that's got a hundred million bucks and be like, Hey, can I uh, buy you Starbucks and pick your brain? Right. Like it just, it doesn't work like that, man. You know what I mean? And so you have to sometimes, you know, and you got to be careful about this because you can't just go pay a bunch of money. You have to really be intentional about who you're putting yourself, what room you're putting yourself in. And you have to kind of, you have to, make sure that it's, it's everything is in line with what it is that you're trying to do, but you're paying for access basically is what I'm doing in speed, right? Like mm-hmm. I could learn how to do some of these bigger projects on my own, but I'd rather just pay to be in a room where I can be around people or provide value to them by doing deals with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, that can help me with parts of the business that I want to grow into. And like that Pebble beach deal I did is a perfect example of that. Right. And so we can yeah. talk about that, but it's just, you know, you're paying for speed and access when you get to that point. And that's, I'm just trying to speed the process up. 
Yeah, well, let's let's kind of branch there because we were definitely going to get there. Sure. So what Jason just highlighted is, well, first off, if you read Jason Pritchard's story in my book, he's very, at least in the beginning, was very central or, or Fresno, Central Valley focused. Mm -hmm. He went to one of these meetups. He found a partner or a new contact, which became a partner, which expanded his horizons out what I'll call to the Central Coast. Yep. Maybe, right? Yep. Very successful, worked out really well. But then this little opportunity on 17-mile drive. And folks, if you don't know 17-mile drive, put in your Google search bar, type it in. Amazing. Pebble Beach, Spanish Bay. Yeah, I'd say it's one of the most desirable neighborhoods in California. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Oh, just, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's just say you have to pay to drive around the 17-mile yes, drive. That's it's, right. It's that place. Uh, so an opportunity came up uh to why well, i, I want to steal the center so let's let's talk about the deal yeah so long story short we saw this opportunity to purchase this house in like i said one of the most desirable areas in california mm -hmm. we tried to literally talk ourselves out going back to this small thinking and these limiting beliefs like i we me and my business partner we we were just like nah we can't do it we can't do the money we can't do this and we just kept kind of nibbling around the edges and every time we took off a little piece it just became clear. It's like, you guys need to do this, right? Like this is a real opportunity, right? And we eventually brought in some partners to help us fund the deal, right? Mm -hmm. And we took the deal down and we paid 1.7 million and some change for this property. Our goal initially was to spend about five or $600,000 rehabbing the house mm -hmm. and then turn around and sell it. That process would have taken 12 or 18 months. And in the process of like demolition, like we were very early on, we had just engaged the architect, we had started demolition, a broker from that neighborhood cold called us and said, Hey, I've been trying to get the old owner of this house to sell this property for years. I've got a buyer that literally wants to buy it, tear the house down and build a brand new mansion. Would you guys be interested? And we said, if the money's right, then yes, we'd be interested. We said, Hey, we want to make about our goal was initially to net a total of seven figures. That was our goal. If we were going to fix it and flip it. Mm -hmm. And we told him, I said, if you can bring us an offer that nets us about that, we'd be happy. We went back and forth and, um, and we ended up selling it and making, you know, about $825,000 in 60 days, which was crazy. And so just the turnaround time and that tough is crazy. And, and going back to the point that I was trying to make about earlier, the people that we brought in to help fund the deal and also got some equity, do some very large scale development in Fresno. Mm -hmm. And now through providing a significant amount of value to them, if I have questions about how to do my motel deal or my development deal, who do you think I'm gonna call? You know yeah. what I mean? And so Absolutely. like you can pay for access or you can bring value to somebody and that's gonna get you access, right? So it's like, there's all these different ways that you can kind of get in proximity to successful people and. And in turn, a lot of new investors are doing that with me where they want to JV on deals with me. They bring me a deal. You know, we raise the money. My team does it. It requires very little work or effort on my end. Mm -hmm. And then I have, they have an open line with me. You know Absolutely. what I mean? They can call, they can reach because they're bringing value to me that way. And so it all works full circle at every step of the, every yeah. step of the way. One thing I wanted to make sure I highlighted about this opportunity is again, you got to a point where you were six, seven, eight hours away from the deadline to, to submit your offer. Yeah. You had initially planned, if I understand this story correctly, was to drive down there, but you realized given where you were in the day that that was no longer feasible. It's like, yeah. So I'll, I'll unpack it. So here's, here's how the initial purchase went down. So we were, like I said, we were nibbling around the edges, doing our due diligence, but really not too serious about it. And then 
we decided to make a trip down to the house to see if it was vacant because we said to ourselves, okay, we're getting a great deal on this. If we can get it at this price, if the house is vacant, we're going to try to raise the money. So we drove down yep. to Pebble beach. We walked in, the house was wide open. It was vacant. And even though we're not supposed to walk, we walked in. So I walked in, I was looking around. I said that nobody lives here. There's nothing going on. And we then started scrambling with about five days left because this was a trustee sale where we literally had to raise all the money. It wasn't yeah. like we could go to a hard money lender and get 80% or 90% of it. We needed to take a cashier's check for 1.72 million to the trustee. Yep. So in the four or five days leading up to when that check was supposed to be there in the, in the office of the trustee, we were going through all the due diligence, talking with the people that were bringing the money we had to put up all every property that we own, my house that I live in, our motel, all the rentals that we own, all personal guarantees from us, our spouses, everything. I mean, everything that we had built in the last seven years was basically wow. put on the line as collateral for this, right? So if this got sideways, we're in bad shape, right? So we said, all right, let's do it. I mean, we're here. We're not walking away from this. So by the time we were able to get I mean, all the lawyers were involved and we're going back and forth negotiating on, you know, which properties. And we just said, we'll put up everything. It's fine. If that's what it takes, we'll do it. By the time we actually got the actual check in my hand, it was 11 o'clock on the day that the bid was due to the trustee and the bid was due 5 PM and their office was in San Diego. We're in Fresno. And I had missed the commercial flights at that point by 11. There was no commercial flights that would get me to San Diego. I opened up Google Maps. I put the address to the trustee's office from the title company with the check in my hand. And it would have taken me seven hours with traffic to get there. So I wouldn't have got there in time if I drove. And so our only option was to charter a private plane. So we found a private plane out of Bakersfield that would fly me to San Diego in time to get there with the check to drop off at the trustee by five. It cost $8,000 for me to charter a trip there and back. We didn't even have a guarantee that we were going to win. This was still a, like an open auction scenario, right? So mm -hmm. I was spending 8,000 bucks basically to go down there and we wouldn't find out until the following Monday. And we just said, let's do it, man. Let's see what happens. And dropped the check off, flew back Monday morning. We got the email that we had won the bid. Literally about 60 days later, we turned around and sold it for an $825,000 profit. It was just an, a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, scenario and just a story, man. It was nuts. Yeah. And again, what I had this, what I had this at uh, under was Jason does what it takes. Yep. Right. D does what it takes charting a jet. And again, you didn't spend eight grand. You I'm sure those lawyers and all. That oh, other no. Course, With that the was... recording fees and everything was probably 12. Yeah. A hundred percent. Cause yeah. we had to record deeds of trust against everything. We're talking about 80 properties. You know what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> all the title that and, free. Fees, <laughs> and the guys that lent us the money, they were like, we're not paying for this. You guys are paying for all this stuff. Dude. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I was course. like, all right, whatever, dude, we'll pay for it. So it was just, a, it was just, this is the learning lesson that I, if I'm new, this is the lesson I would take from this. You have to take these initial steps in faith, right? And you know what's crazy, Zuber? And you and I have talked about how I got started where we mortgaged our house and we maxed our credit cards out. And that felt riskier to me than mm. what we just did with this Pebble Beach deal, believe it or not. And this wow, is a really That's this awesome. is a muscle that I've been building for like the last seven or eight years, right? Mm -hmm. This self-confidence and this belief in my ability to say, okay, if I'm gonna do this, it's happening no matter what. And whether, even though I don't know 
every single step that's going to get me along the way, I know that I'm smart and capable enough to, to figure it out as long as I go. Cause that's all I've been doing. Yeah. Like I didn't know how to flip houses when I got started. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I had, I knew nothing. So it's like, yeah. I've been doing that. I didn't know how to own rental properties. Now we own a bunch. I didn't know how to, you know, like do like convert a motel into long-term permanent housing. We're in the process of doing that. So every one of these things is just, it's just learning to build that muscle of self-confidence and belief and faith in your ability to accomplish whatever you want to do. So when we, when the decision was there, I was like, done, let's do it. I don't care. You know what I mean? Because I already was so confident in my ability to get this done. And I know that for me, it's been proven to me that when the universe puts these types of obstacles in your way, it's there to force you to get uncomfortable and grow. It's not yeah. designed to stop you. It isn't oh. designed to stop you in your tracks and just be like, see, you failed again. You know, this yeah. is it again. it's designed to make you get uncomfortable. It's designed to help you learn to become resourceful and just figure it out. You know what I mean? And if you just, it's the universe was tapping in and saying, dude, if you just, just swipe the card, pay for the flight, it's going to work out, dude. You know what I mean? But I need you to be strong enough to swipe that credit card at first. You know what yeah, I'm saying? It's, it's a test. Yeah, it is. It is, man. And it's a test that we passed it, but we've been passing that test for seven years. I would never have done that. I wouldn't even have done that a year ago. Like yeah, this deal exactly. a year ago, I wouldn't have done it. Exactly. I would not have done. I would have been like, no, it's not. It's too much. We're not doing it. It's too crazy. And you just keep growing and progressing into these different versions of yourself. If you keep pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. Back to the very beginning consistency. Yep. You're not here today. If you weren't consistently, in that's your, right. You're not there. Yeah. It's, it's just all of that. So back to this consistency, given all the things we've talked about so far, you have, is it, I don't know how to say this, but I'm gonna give it a shot. You joined a new brokerage. Is that the way? Is that? The yeah. Way so we, so I've been, I've been a licensed agent for almost three years now. And I always, I started out investing. So I, I was never licensed at the beginning. I had probably flipped like 30 or 40 houses, maybe more than that. And I just always had it in my head that for me, right, it made sense to be licensed. Initially, it was because I wanted to create extra income because we were doing okay at the beginning, but yeah. you know, extra money would have been nice, right? <laughs> extra money, yeah. extra money's not and bad. So, yeah. you know, and we had all these opportunities to do listings and different things. And I was like, coming from my sales background, I was like, these are just additional leads that we yeah. can convert. We're spending all this money on marketing. Like, why not? Yeah. And I knew it was going to make me a better real estate professional, just understanding that side of the business. So that was really what was kind of driving me to do that. And then yeah. We started, Benny and I started the Clayson team, which mm -hmm. my initial vision, our initial vision was my side of the investing will help, you know, fuel the team. And then Benny was a strong agent. We can have a team of agents that we can groom to help, help us with acquisitions, take advantage of the listing opportunities that can turn into an extra thing. And I learned a lot mm -hmm. doing that. And what I learned about myself was I really, truly enjoy, and I love coaching people. Yes. I love seeing guys like Scott Farrow or Kate or Bailey and these people that started with me that had nothing. Yeah. And now they're like really, truly successful to see somebody like Scott that was a barista at <laughs> a coffee shop. And in three or four years later, I mean, this kid is doing all kinds of crazy stuff in his early twenties. Like there is no better feeling that I have as a leader or a mentor to see that stuff happen. Agreed. But what I, what I didn't like about the model, that team model, or even the brokerage model was that it was a couple things. 
it was kind of limited. It was Jason and a small group. I couldn't impact as many people as I want because it was tied to me working with people one-on-one or in a small group setting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I also didn't love that it really, that model benefited the brokerage more than it benefited me because Jason is going identifying talent, recruiting that talent, developing that talent, growing them, right? That whole process takes 12 to 18 months. And then eventually they get to a point where our team was like, I don't need to pay Jason 50% of everything anymore because I know how to do this. And I don't even blame them. Like, I don't like, I wouldn't do that either. Right. It's like, okay, I got what I needed. Now I'm ready to fly the nest and go do my own thing. And then the person that's really benefiting from that is whoever owns the brokerage, because now that person stays there. They're Mm -hmm. performing at a very high level. They had very little involvement in the, in the growth and the training of that person. And Jason's on this carousel that he can never get off. I've got to go find somebody else. I've got to go on that 18 month ride again. And then I got to do it again and do it again. And it didn't make sense. And so for me, I decided to move to a brokerage called real where I feel like their business model is is more geared for somebody like me, me that wants to recruit talent, develop talent, take what's in me, pour it into them. And I can be rewarded in perpetuity as long as they stay with the brokerage, right? And I can do it on a much larger scale. And so I saw the vision of that. And I just said, okay, this is the future for me. And uh, it was interesting. I think you've had Ryan Pinade on your show. He just moved over. He just announced and that validated a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about with the people in my network because we're basically doing the same exact model. You know what I mean? And so to see like, okay, like we were onto something, right? When a guy like Pineda who has the influence he has in our space does the same thing, it made me feel really good. And then now I'm like, are we need to go even harder on this? Because now it's like, this is, this works and we've got to go even more. So we're in the infancy stages. Like the investing side of the business is always going to be my main focus. That's where my passion is, right? But just like you, I want to impact a lot of people. And it's always been weird to me that more agents don't invest in real estate. It just, yeah, that never made weird. any sense to me. Yeah. And so they'll help other people invest, but they don't, they don't invest themselves. And their broker is not training them on how to, because the broker doesn't get paid on that, frankly. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, it's fine. It's, that's the way that that business model is set up. But for me, I feel like, you should be able to choose. Do you want to be the best agent you can be? Do you want to be the best investor you can be? Or somewhere on this spectrum, you pick where you want to be. And I truly feel like I can help you do any of those things. And so that's where we're at. We're early on. We're building out the platform and that stuff. But uh, you know, I think that's going to be um, something big that feeds that need for me to impact as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. I just want to take Zuber Real estate has changed my life, man. So like, I can't, like, it's literally the best thing that happened to me and my wife and my family. Like, I I just can't, going from where I started to now and real estate is the vehicle that took me there. I want to figure out how to bottle that up and stack it on top of the stuff that I do with mindset and training and personal improvement. And then just give that to as many people as I can, because it just changed my life, man. No, and and I want to help you do that. Yeah. If some, if so, if somebody's watching this and they are a licensed real estate agent, how would they reach out to you and say, Hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to be part of your team. I want to have you pour into me. We don't have a fancy website or a click funnel or anything set up. The best way to do would be reach out to me directly. Follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I respond to all my messages. I may not respond to you immediately right away, but just send me a message and just say, Hey, I'm interested in, in talking with you more. I will set up a call where you and I can talk in depth about you, your goals, your business, what you want to do and see if there's synergy, right? This isn't, I don't 
believe in let's just recruit as many warm bodies as we can. I'm interested in attracting other people like me. And yes. the way that you do that is we have to be kicking ass in our business every single day, right? Because people are just going to start taking notice. If they see like, damn, what are these guys doing over here? You know what I mean? Like, and, yeah. I, and, that, and that's what happened with me in the, on just the real estate investing side of the business, right? I was nobody six years ago. I was a nobody. I was the guy in the back of the room at the meetups, really quiet, not talking to anybody, not shaking hands. And we had 225 people at our meetup last week. It was crazy. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I know that this works. I know that that's the model that works. And now, you know, we're just going to step down on the gas and go harder. And how, and you, they'll look you up just simply Jason Pritchard. On Jason Instagram? Pritchard. If you go to Instagram, just type my name, Jason Pritchard or Facebook, same thing. You know, my handle will pop up and, uh, you know, just reach out to me and we can sit down and talk. And Pritchard, just in case you don't know, is P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D. Yes, sir. Jason That's it. Pritchard. Any other kind of closing thoughts? How do you want to wrap this up? Um, I would just say for anybody that's out there that's struggling, and that's, this is the thing that I've seen. I've, I've met a bunch of people that want to invest in real estate. And then I've met a bunch of people that are actively investing in real estate. I've never met anybody that's done one deal, found success, and then stopped, right? Yeah. So if you're in that first group, all you have to focus on is how do I just do one deal? That's it. Don't worry about trying to replicate Zuber's business or Jason's business or how do I, how, I'm never going to get to hundred rentals. I'm never going to get to blah, 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 blah. Just do your first because momentum is a real thing in life. And especially in this business, if you can just get that snowball going, momentum will start taking care of itself. But if you're stuck in that stage of like paralysis analysis and you're overthinking everything and you're not following the blueprints that you and people like me are putting out there, right. Then, you know, you're, you're never going to get off. You're never going to get off the ground, man. And so you just have to get that one deal done. And if I can help you, I would be happy to help you right there. I'm trying to make all these resources and outlets and make myself available the best way that I can to do that. And uh, I would love to be an assistance or a resource if I can. Folks, in the last 30 minutes, you now have seen why I call Jason Pritchard the best real estate investor I know. And I mean this with every fiber of my body. He is a better person than real estate investor. And again, his wife is definitely part of this. It's not just Jason, Jason and Jennifer. Shout out, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer, you have to quit and really start helping. We're people. getting this close. We're this close. We haven't <laughs> said anything, but I feel this year might be the year, man. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, <laughs> on, at, she's at her high school now. She's at her school site now. Uh, you know, uh, working away, man. And she's, uh, I would not be here without her. So yeah, hundred percent. She uh, deserves all the credit in the world because we, I would not be doing this if uh, I wasn't married to her. Read this story. And you, this does, Jason's not here today without Jennifer. Yeah, that's right. In this book. Thanks buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Appreciate you Zuber. Mm -hmm.